You're listening to Baltimoreans, the home of the all-weather fan. My name is Sam Dingman. This is Alan Smith. Let's get stupid. Baltimoreans. Hello, Baltimoreans. Mary Leesmith observed, we could not bring you the immediately breaking uh, takes on the lease because Alan and I have, of course, been immersed in days of deep study and careful analysis of the terms uh, and context, political, social, and legal of the lease so that we can bring you... I'm just kidding. Um, We've... uh, We've basically uh, been obsessively uh, reading a particular Reddit thread uh, about which more later that um, I think is the main the main thing we want to talk about in terms of the lease, which is the stadium naming rights. But first. But wait, but wait, but wait. Do you actually think that they signed the lease? <laughs> what is the next? What is the next chair pool? What is the next Charlie Brown football here? Is it going to turn out that they signed the document with disappearing ink, and uh, the signature was just for the show? Is it going to turn out that uh, it was actually not the governor or John Angelos, but two incredibly accurate body doubles, and uh, they're going to be rung up for fraud and run out of town on a rail. What do you think the next twist will be to prevent us from actually having a lease signed? Right, 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 right. Yeah, I no, I think they signed the lease, but I in the in the spirit of the facetious intro I was just giving, I think there are terms in it which will not be disclosed until after the season begins. For example... Um, the Orioles are now obligated to have a ping pong tournament during every seventh inning stretch <laughs> or something like that. I, I actually think that the terms that are going to be res- uh, revealed are going to be revealed after the sale of the team. And this whole thing mm-hmm. is just mm-hmm. knocking mm-hmm. down roadblocks to make the team easier with fewer complications to sell. Yeah. Also, t- see also um, Masson. Uh, um, finally settling deal with nationals, like more red tape out of the way, more mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like clearing up things for the for the lawyers to have a clearer shot at putting a dollar high, a high dollar value on this franchise to 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 move it to move it along to the next owner. Can I? Can we just say like? I, th- this is pure speculation on my part, Smith. Pure speculation. And I know we never do that on this show. <laughs> Usually <laughs> so, we are incredibly meticulously sourced. Uh, you know, everybody just brace yourselves because I'm about to be a little bit reckless. <laughs> but <laughs> how indicative, let's assume for the purposes of this reckless speculation Let's assume that the rumors are true and David Rubenstein is buying the team um, and that what you have just said is true and that all of this lease stuff uh, and the Masson dispute getting buttoned up is all smoothing out the runway for that to all proceed. How indicative of how much more of a competent, if nothing else, PR manager David Rubenstein is... (laughs) You is guys it? solve that bullshit. I'm not even going to talk until all of that uh, bad dust stuff is buttoned up, y'all. And and how amazing is it that this 
bombshell of a story comes out, and I realize bombshell, complicated word to use when you're talking about the co-founder of the Carlisle Group. Oh! <laughs> um, Got to get the punches in now. Got to get the punches in now because he's going to make it illegal for people to have podcasts about the Orioles. I can see it coming. Um, but how indicative is it of, of how much more of a capable manager of his public perception he is that this bombshell story comes out that he is in talks to acquire the team, and then the story disappears. Not yeah. a peep about it ever since then. It turned the entire narrative of the team on its ear. You know Angelos leaked that as part of the lease negotiations. And then the story vanishes. Rise up. Yeah. Without a trace. Versus Angelos, who biffs the the lease conversation so hard then gets in hot water about the kevin brown thing then goes to the new york times because he thinks it's going to make him look better and somehow makes himself look even worse the whole time batting his eyes seductively at nashville for for no apparent reason yes yeah i mean like this dude is getting owned so hard by Rubenstein if in fact obviously 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 caveat whatever like Rubenstein like is an old school master of the universe he's like yeah I I do this all from behind a velvet curtain (laughs) right or he's just not actually interested and he's going to be a part of the owner group who's buying the nationals which is an interesting um uh, like, <laughs> like uh, he allowed Ooh. his name to be floated out there, but he's actually more interested in the even slightly more hometown team, which is unfortunately also for sale. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, that would actually be even more next level old school master of the universe genius if he's like... <laughs> it would, it would. I'm trying to gain leverage in my negotiations with the nationals, so I will leak word that I might be interested in buying their local counterpart oh that's good damn it david i see why you're a billionaire (laughs) all of which is of course rank speculation and that's the fun thing about the master of the universe thing is that we can we can read an infinite number of attributions and uh uh, intents into what is fundamentally an unknowable man behind an unknowable curtain but speaking of the word billion smith schrodinger's billionaire (laughs) Well, good to know <laughs> that part of the nickname episode is buttoned up <laughs> for next year. Uh, speaking of the word billion, Smith, um, yeah. the Los Angeles Dodgers have now committed over $1 billion in contract liabilities uh, through... Um, the end of the millennium, I believe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two, um, two baseball players. That is two human being baseball players who uh, combined will be earning over $1 billion from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, Both of whom, you have to say, carry medium large question marks? Uh, yes, I think that's a generous... <laughs> Uh, characterization of the size of the question marks. Um, I think that the, I just want to talk about the Yamamoto thing for just a second because we, you know, the Otani thing has been talked about to death, but we uh, have had the 
genius slash it's an accident that we're recording the morning after the news of the Yamamoto <laughs> signing. Um, so we're going to be first out of the gate with the takes. Um, but Are you kidding? Have you seen Twitter? <laughs> we're, we're barely in the top 1,000. <laughs> um, I think my main thought about the Yamamoto signing is I'm just so happy that the Yankees didn't get him. Not even because... <laughs> Not even because I think he's going to be amazing and and him being on the Yankees would have made the Yankees world, world beaters. I don't even necessarily believe that that's true. I'm just so excited because they staked their yeah. reputation as like the evil empire resurrected on we're not just trading for Juan Soto. We're bringing in Yamamoto. We've been reserving this uniform number and we're all in on making this happen. And they got punked by the Dodgers. And that makes me so happy. <laughs> it really is like maybe one of the final nails in the coffin of the like Steinbrenner era Yankees. Yeah. The mm-hmm. senior, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that like that, you know, that they, they just don't have, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, did, did, is it because they got outbid? Like, is it as simple as that? I think it is. I think it is. And it wasn't even by that much. I think there was like a last little bump that they weren't willing to go over. And the Dodgers are obviously in a position to be like limitations on spending. We uh, <laughs> No comprende, amigo. <laughs> or however you say that in Japanese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that this was... Um, uh... I thought it was I, I so I I'm I'm also pleased um both both for the for the death of that version of the Yankees and and also for the fact that he will not be playing his trade in the AL East because on the off chance that I'm incorrect and he's very good yes. that curveball is terrifying <laughs> <laughs> and I do not want to watch that happen to us more than say twice a year <laughs> yeah it uh it if you haven't somehow if you're somehow listening to this and haven't done this look up uh pitching ninja yamamoto curveball uh rob friedman posted a video of yamamoto's curveball and it is cuz i i admittedly i texted alan this but uh i admittedly with the yamamoto thing i was like is this guy really worth the hype and then i watched that clip and i was like oh god <laughs> There's a there there. I mean, you know, transferring to major league hitters, uh, yada, yada, yada. But like, whew. Speaking of question marks, that's what the break on his curveball is shaped like. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is. Um, but, you know, I, you know uh, the signing to me and the um, the price tag of $1 billion um that that the bully group has committed to two players over the next 60 years or whatever, how long that contract is, is, <laughs> is fascinating because um, they just changed the rules of major league of um, the English premier league to account for Todd Bowley doing basically the same thing hmm. in uh, cause he, he's also the owner of Chelsea, Chelsea football club. Okay. Um, and he's been signing these players uh, but the thing that happens in the Premier League is that, or in in um, international football, is that the big cost is not actually their salary. They get paid a lot of money, but nothing compared to um, Major League Baseball players. Like it, it's it's actually shocking how little they get paid um, compared to your LeBron Jameses and your um, uh, Yamamotos and your Otani's. Um, but what's what the big fee is 
is the transfer fee. So uh, okay. the the clubs still view their players as uh, essentially chattel slaves and uh, sell Ooh. them uh, back and forth for large chunks of money. Mm-hmm. And what Boley has been doing is he's been – and so then what happens in the like – the 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 uh, the the pencil pushers, the nerds, um, value the contract at how much they get paid a year plus the amortization of their signing fee over time. I see. So if you sign someone for uh, a good wage but a very low fee, then it's like mm-hmm. it's a better deal for the team. Right. So what right. he's been doing right. is he's been signing people for gigantic fees, but he's been making the contracts eight, ten years long. Uh-huh, and therefore, uh-huh. the amortization of the fee is like it gets paid out in terms of the bookkeeping for a much longer period of time, which allows him to basically like dodge the very, very, very limited, very, very weak financial fair play rules that are in effect in English football. Mm-hmm. So they just changed the rule. Uh, it's now the Todd Bowley rule. At least that's how I think of it. Wow. So, so you could only amortize it out over five years. No matter how long your contract is, you have to. And more, you have to value the 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 fee over that window of time, mm-hmm. uh, and I wonder whether or not the Otani contract will, in fact, force some version of that from Major League Baseball because it it seems like cheating, and you know it it's not like there's no salary cap, so it's not even like the Dodgers have the re- the Dodgers can spend that money, and there's no problem with that within the baseball rules, but the luxury tax implications of that billion dollars being pushed way, way, way out is such yeah. that you can get the Yamamoto signing in there without having your um, the multiplier hit too hard. And it seems to me that there's going to be a there's going to have to be at some point here a bully rule um, on both sides of the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just wonder whether the Players Association in baseball would allow such a thing to happen because it it feels like. Um, nobody really benefits from how this played out mm-hmm. <laughs> except for the next five years of the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's also like, I mean, speaking of of nerds and pencil pushers, like the sweat that people have been breaking out in in trying to explain why the Otani contract actually makes sense like this whole thing where it's like, well, actually, um, if you look at uh, how the um, taxes are calculated and the way the money is dispersed, um, the Players Association is viewing it as a $438 million deal uh, with certain deferrals adding up. It's like, shut up, go away, leave me alone. The, the numbers are the numbers. The Dodgers have committed $700 million to one guy. That's nuts. Two, that one guy worked out this madness contract where he's only going to get two million for the first whatever, and then he's going to get sixty-eight million for whatever. Like those are that's real money. It it doesn't matter what you know, uh, what gymnastics have taken place to make it all work. Like 
they somehow fig- like worked the loopholes in the rules to make this thing happen. And the implications of it are that they can now spend a billion dollars on two players and turn the market on its ear. Like, I, I don't know what's going to happen, obviously, but, uh, you know, the the ceiling projections on Yamamoto going into the offseason were like $250 million, $260 million. He blew so far past that with this deal. And the downstream effects of that uh, for somebody like Blake Snell yeah. are going to be, Blake Snell is going to get so absurdly overpaid now that it is infuriating. And the the prospect cost for Dylan Cease just went up. The prospect cost for Corbin Burns just went up. Like, this is seismic in terms of the, the impact that it's going to have. And it's because of this, like, game playing. And you wonder if, I mean, there is no guaranteed way to build a competitive baseball team. Uh, and in fact, if you looked at, I think it's fair to say that if you looked at the Texas Rangers coming into last season, uh, I don't think very many people thought that they had done the things that they would need to do to win the World Series. Um, but it does sort of like, again, to return to the pencil pusher thing, it does sort of like justify... In a weird I don't know way. why we're like so mad at like pencil pushers in this episode, <laughs> but we're like really as giving them a, a hard time. As an owner of an entire set of pencils with pocket <laughs> protector, uh, I will say, um, no, that that like, you know, we bag pretty hard on owners for the sort of like, when does the contract start? When do you promote them to the bigs? When does their service clock start? Yada, yada, yada. But now the most valuable thing in baseball for a team by a mile is people who are under team control on their rookie contracts. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. The, 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 the productive value that you get out of that versus the, val- like the cost of a player as that, as that cost balloons into infinity on the free agent market means that like people are going to have to be like you said, like Corbin Burns and everyone, um, their prospect cost went up. But to me, actually, what this does in the long term is mean that people have to value their prospects even more. Because uh, yeah, the prospects yeah. are getting paid peanuts. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. getting paid nothing. They're getting paid like like a, 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 a rounding error of the Shotani, the Otani contract. And as a result, teams are going to have to like value those players even more so that they can avoid having to shell out yeah Dodgers size contracts right no exactly exactly like the 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 extensions that the Braves players have been signed to become incredibly valuable. incredible bargains incredible bargains um which they probably already were, but now they're even now they're even bigger bar- bargains. Right. Um, th- something I have to say also that this makes me think a little bit, Smith, is like we also love to give the Orioles a hard time for not competing for these big free agent contracts, and yet sometimes I look at th- just the last couple of off seasons. I look at these 
gazonga deals that have been handed out to the top shelf free agents. And I want none of them. They're all such busts. And I don't necessarily believe that all these moves the Dodgers have made, like the Dodgers were already a super team. They were already a super team. And now they have Otani and Yamamoto. So they're even more super. But if you're, if I'm a Dodgers fan, I'm like, we already win the division every year and we always get bounced from the playoffs in the first round with the exception of 2020. I know Dodgers fans, that wasn't a real world series. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> like, does the addition of these two guys somehow fundamentally transform that? Like, Counterpoint, I, I, counterpoint, Corey Seager. I mean, that's the that's the big free agent signing that like mm-hmm. that did in fact <laughs> translate to winning, right? I mean, yeah. so Seager and Simeon's, I guess. Like that's like mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. that's like a six hundred million dollar outlay, I believe. <laughs> well, yes, but 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 Seager already had one. Was it a World Series MVP or like he'd already had one insane October run oh, going into his insane October run this year? Otani's never even pitched in the playoffs. Yamamoto has never pitched in the major leagues. No, no, that's a that's a that's a very good point. That's a they're they're not they're not necessarily this. I was I was just thinking like outlay like the Rangers spent money on Degrom and Seager mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Simeon and they went on to but you're right those are all like. Very a very different type of commodity in the baseball world. Right, 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 right. Um, well, obviously, more will be revealed in terms of what the Orioles are going to do. But uh, there, speaking of the lease, Smith, which we which we began talking about, um, and uh, how it may or may not be connected to the amount of money that the Orioles have to play with in these sorts of conversations, um. Before we get to the Reddit thread I alluded to earlier, which was about the possibility of the Orioles selling the naming rights to Oriole Park at Camden Yards, I want to ask you just quickly, other than the uh, Rubenstein conspiracy theories we were shamelessly (laughs) spouting at the beginning of the show, is there anything about the lease uh, finally coming together that you feel like Changes. It's going to turn out that all of the O's in the lease were lowercase O's, and it's all in a <laughs> lease about a series of birds that have been living in the Northeast, and the baseball team is still uh, unsigned. <laughs> okay. There's got to be something. There's, gotta, there's no way he just signed the damn thing. Anyway, no, no, sorry. no, no, no. Certainly, question. certainly. No, no. I mean, I think I'm. I think the the answer to the question lives in in the facetious uh, jokes that we've been making, which is the the lease should have been a formality that was buttoned up months ago. And the idea that they were crowing about it at all and saying like, Merry Christmas, Orioles fans. We got you the lease. It's like, shut up. You should have done this months ago. Nobody cares about nobody. Nobody feels like anything that you negotiated into this thing is good for anybody, but the owners of the team, like you're so annoying. I haven't seen, I, I have not gone over this lease with a fine tooth comb. But I, I, I have read that there is like a, a clause in there which says that the Orioles can never leave Baltimore. Um, and I don't understand. 
I understand how that could be true over 30 years. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand how that could be a, a ever clause <laughs> uh, given how laws work. <laughs> well, there's a lot of stuff like that in there that seems like, to our larger point, it's it's only there because... Like, I don't care what Angelo says. The team is obviously for sale. And whether it's Rubenstein or not, and it seems like whatever is part of this lease has to do with preparing the team for transfer to whoever ends up owning it next and um, to setting up Angelos to uh, the Angelos family to make as much money as possible off of it both now and in the future. And whatever whatever the particularities of that are, that to me is the biggest takeaway about this lease is it's very obviously the a stutter step to a much bigger development in the story of the team. And we just, we have a, a hunch about what that might be in the form of Rubenstein, but um, whatever it is, it feels like that's the next big thing that we're going to hear about. But more pressingly, Smith... A conversation that has been renewed in the aftermath of the signing of the lease is the question of whether or not the Orioles will sell the naming rights to Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Now, something that I didn't know is that technically the Orioles have been allowed to sell those naming rights since 2020, uh, excuse me, since 2001. Huh. So... Uh, this is not a new thing. The And they, they just have not done it. The fact that it is reemerging as a part of this conversation, for me, is another piece of conspiratorial flotsam that suggests that there is a new ownership group incoming who's going to want to do that. Yeah. But it has led Smith to some speculation on Orioles Reddit about what the new name of the stadium might be. And I would Mm. like to uh, share some of these options with you, get your take on them, and then see if you have any thoughts on on what you would like uh, the stadium to be renamed. So we can get out ahead of it, give Mr. Rubenstein some ideas. Okay, um, great. Before he he makes this choice. Uh, So, and I apologize, I did not write down the usernames of the folks who made these suggestions, but... um, Big shouts to Orioles Reddit. Always a source of delight. How would you feel, Smith, about the name Superbook Park? Ooh, um, I would say that's a four for me. A four, um, okay. I would say that that is, uh, of of the two big trends in sports naming, uh, it feels like one of them is gambling adjacent and one mm-hmm. of them is crypto adjacent. Um, for me personally, I would put the sports betting slightly above cryptocurrency, which if you know me is saying, um, very low in my esteem. (laughs) Well, this is, and this is good. I'm glad you, you, we should rank, let's have you rank all of these on a scale from one to 10 with 10 being the best. Um, I'm glad you brought up crypto, uh, because to quote, uh, somebody else from this thread, it's going to be some stupid name like buttcoin.com park, <laughs> but everyone will just call it Camden Yards anyway, uh, to which another I think user... That, that point is true. I think that almost certainly w- w- there's going to be a very long tail of 
Orioles Park at Camden Yards, regardless of what the official capitalist name of this institution is. Well, uh, I will say that uh, somebody replied to this particular suggestion saying, if it's buttcoin.com park, you can be sure everyone will call it that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I rate that a two. No, wait, it's a seven. No, it's back to a three. Uh, now it's a negative <laughs> one. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a good crypto joke. Smith. I just don't <laughs> think that like crypto, like I, I think that 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 boom is so done that I actually don't think that that's a reasonable thing. Like, I don't think any of the crypto people have the assets right now uh, to to make that sort of investment. So I'm not I'm not too worried about it. Okay. Um, to your point that uh, it is always going to be some take on the current uh, linguistic formulation, um, here are three other ones that uh, sort of match with that. I'll do them in what I imagine will be ascending order of preference for you. Um, Exelon presents Fuck the Yankees Field at <laughs> Oriole Park at Camden Yards. It's strong. Strong. That, that's a, that's an eight for me. <laughs> oh wait, I have to say that was uh, somebody was suggesting. Oh, they should crowdsource the name. Yeah. Oh yes, uh, yes, and, yes. And Cody was, McBoatface coming soon to a theater near you. <laughs> so the suggestion was like, well, obviously, if we crowdsourced it, it would be fuck the Yankees field, um, <laughs> which would necessitate Exelon, who would inevitably win the bidding. <laughs> Saying like, okay, fine, we'll call it "fuck the Yankees field," but it has to be Exelon presents "fuck the Yankees field" at Oriole Park and Kevin Yards. Um, That's very good. We then have uh, McCormick Old Bay seasoning presents Oriole Park at Camden Yards. <laughs> okay. Old Bay, of course, being legacy Baltimore brand. Yeah. So that's mildly more tolerable. Uh, but and then the winner, I think, of this particular uh, formulation of suggestions is. Royal Farms World Famous Fried Chicken and Western Fries Park <laughs> at Camden Yards. Uh, those are excellent. Uh, I do think that um, the sometimes slightly unhinged on Twitter, David Simon uh, was saying Ooh. that <laughs> regardless of what the name was, it was always going to be Orioles Park at Camden Yards for him unless Old Bay or Natty Bowes were... Um, were the sponsor du jour, and then he could pretty much wrap his head around around one of those two. Yes. I will say, in this particular thread, a lot of folks in that same camp where they're like, honestly, Old Bay Field sounds great. Old, um, Bay, Field, Old Bay Field is very good. Yeah. Old Bay Field uh, has, like, it, because it's a brand that means a lot to Baltimore, obviously. But if you're not from Baltimore just calling it Old Bay Field doesn't feel as like like I'm beaming marketing directly into your brain right. the way that like crypto.com uh which is where the Lakers and 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 Clippers currently ply their trade formerly the Staples Center um the crypto.com arena is just like it's so jarringly advertising yeah. um in a way that I kind of like that like Old Bay Field um or Old Bay Park both feel to me like, you know, you're kind of getting something in there where it feels exactly. like I, my image is also of like a bay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I think the other thing that's really important in this conversation is the nickname that the the stadium will eventually have. Yes. And if it's Old Bay Park, we're going to call it the Bay. And yeah. that's great. That's I great. love that. 
That's very that. strong. That's very strong. And you know, I I understand that n- n- that these are capitalist institutions making capitalist choices and the highest bidder, yada yada yada. But given that we have not sold the naming rights since 2001 and that they have been theoretically available to do so, we have not chosen to write that check yet or cash that check yet does suggest to me that perhaps you could do a hometown discount. Uh, Like we don't need the money. Maybe you could do a hometown discount with an old Bay type institution. It was pointed out by somebody else on this thread. Everybody thought like, ah, you know, could old Bay really afford it? And then somebody found out that McCormick, which owns old Bay, uh, I believe made $18 billion last year yeah. or something like that. McCormick, that. I think they would be okay. <laughs> and is apparently in much better financial straits than one of the other contenders people were thinking about, which is Under Armour. Um, oh. I do Under think... Under Armour is like deep in with the Ravens, right? I think so. I think so. A um, couple of other suggestions that were mentioned... Um, Somebody did say like they would be fine if uh, Oreos bought the Oreo b- bought the naming rights because then it could be Oreo <laughs> Oreo Park at Camden Yards, which would yeah. be a weirdly minor change. Solid, solid. I thought that was funny. Um, the other humorous like suggestion. A, yeah, that, that, I like I like these I like these um, uh, just I don't know if they're puns, they're portmanteaus. I like the wordplay. Yes. Uh, the other one of those, uh, that I thought was funny is Ollie's bargain outlet field, (laughs) which, uh, this person was suggesting would be, would only make sense if the Angelos's continue to own the team. Um, but let's, let's talk just quickly about some, some, some more serious suggestions. Old Bay field, uh, Old Bay park obviously gets to Baltimoreans vote, um, Another suggestion that I have heard that I think would be kind of cool is uh, Domino Sugar, um, Domino Field, or Domino Park. There's that's got a bit of a ring to it as well. I think. Uh, I think that that this 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 there's a divide here about how you feel about the pizza, um, and I am so staunchly against Domino's Pizza in all forms. Um, it should not even be qualified as pizza. That. Uh, I feel that the name has been um, um, tarnished by wow. cheap off-brandness. So even Domino Sugar, legacy-ass American company, they have been... Th- they got broke, man. They got broke. Wow. Well... Shouldn't let it happen. They should have been, been litigious. There is also the... We're setting ourselves up for a lot of unfortunate jokes in, you know... I know we're, there's a lot of hope about the Orioles for the next few years, but there's going to be another down period eventually. It's inevitable. And in the way that people talk about, uh, like to make fun of Domino's Pizza not actually being pizza, uh, the Orioles not actually being a baseball team feels like th- the jokes write themselves. It's a little a too point. easy. Okay. Um, I five. Wanna... <laughs> five. <laughs> okay. 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 I want to pitch my idea to you, Smith. Um, Obviously, the other beloved Baltimore company that has been thrown around by David Simon and others is National Bohemian Beer. Uh What do you think about? I think I think Bow Park at Camden Yards. I could see that nice or Bow's Park at Camden Yards. 
What it's, about? It's kind of like Ore- Oreos. Like, yeah, the mm-hmm. O is still there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is my pitch. Bohemian Gardens. Oh, wow. That's nice. I just, I just want to see if I can sell you on this. Uh-huh. It's a beautiful name for a beautiful place. It preserves the legacy of the idea, like yards becomes gardens. There's a kind of a continuity there, but it's, it's, it, it evolves the name, but nods to the, the previous name. It's obviously a Baltimore company, so we have that built in. Um, and then think about the nickname, Smith. You could call it the gardens, much the way some people call it the yards. You could call it the bow. There is already the garden, which is very, like, connected to Boston. Yeah. So I'm a little worried about there being sort of like a single existing the garden. Yeah. Well, I think it could be it could be like our our local spin mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on that. You know, bogos, bogos, great, <laughs> great, bogos, love it. But <laughs> so uh, that's that's my submission is is Bohemian, Bohemian Gardens. Bohemian Gardens is straight is strong. Um, you're you're coming down hard on Old Bay Field. I, I think that's my current like I I have a I have a pitch for you that's been forming in the back of my mind as we've been talking, but uh, okay, it's a it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a long shot, and I think it really only works if in fact the Carlisle Group does buy us. Okay, <laughs> so um, everyone was very excited for the new Andre three thousand album, um, only to be gently <laughs> surprised when it was revealed to be a uh, nine tracks of Andre playing the flute. Uh, <laughs> Which, you know, I'm not against, but it wasn't sure. exactly what the original Outcast fans were interested in. Big Boy, mm-hmm. meanwhile, has gotten famous on YouTube for his falconing. So clearly mm-hmm. these gentlemen are looking for something new to do with their time and, and, and maybe their money. I don't know how much money Andre 3000 and Big Boy made, but assuming they have enough for naming rights and we've been purchased by the Carlisle Group. Outcast Park at Camden Yards. Whoa. And... Bombs over Baghdad is just everywhere. <laughs> it's the walk-up music for every single person. It's it's <laughs> mandated as the warm-up track as people are filing into the stadium. It's just everywhere. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! That uh, that's a cake taker, Smith. <laughs> that is. The cake has been made off with by Alan Smith. Outcast Field. That's Outcast, what you said? Outcast Fields at Outcast Park at Camden Yards. Outcast Park at Camden Yards. And hey, man, look. Fr- I think Jordan Lyles would appreciate that as, a, <laughs> as an outcast. I think Kyle Gibson. I think Craig yep. Kimbrell. Our... Yep. our our annual outcast pitcher. I think Ryan O'Hearn would appreciate yeah, appreciate yeah. that. The Reclamation Project Orioles. That's right. <laughs> it's in the same spirit as Ollie's Bargain Outlet, but uh, <laughs> w- with a, a bit more incisive political commentary. Yep. Well, uh, folks, if you have ideas... Don't even bang unless you plan to hit something. 
as 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 the great Andre three thousand rapped. Yes, indeed, indeed. Uh, look, international underground. That's basically the Carlisle Group's tagline. Heyo. <laughs> Uh, folks, uh, please let us know your thoughts on what the naming rights should be on Twitter at be morons. Um, the, but- the, the Sroka boys, um, over at, uh, section three, three, six did a, a very good podcast, uh, that I was listening to yesterday. Um, uh, so you can date that Baltimore on listeners as the day before Yamamoto was signed, um, about what they wanted Orioles park to do with the new money to, in terms of upgrades, um, I don't get to many games at Orioles Park at Camden Yards, and it always seems like a lovely place to watch a ball game to me, so I don't have any strong opinions about that. But uh, the Shrokas had a lot of good ideas about how they would spend the uh, the money in, in stadium improvements. I did read uh, that one of the options on the table is removing the uh, third deck in left field entirely and replacing yeah. it with some sort of, like, patio or something like that. Yeah, standing room. That's interesting to me. I mean, like... You can you can probably pack some people in there, and uh, I you know I like the, I like the more skyline. I'm gonna re up my suggestion that I think the future of baseball stadiums should be similar to the way that we do movie theaters now. Like I want the Smaller, Alamo Dra- Alamo bespoke. Draft House of baseball stadiums, where you get a seat. And there's a menu and you place an order. Somebody comes. It's like a big, comfortable seat. You're not packed in like sardines. You can order food delivered to your seat. Um, I think think that would be cool. Um, Well, as usual, Baltimoreans, we have identified all of the most key questions uh but i actually actually have one last uh i think fairly trenchant and important question for this moment here we find ourselves on december 22nd sam Mm. what would you call henry erudia if he (laughs) were a germanic holiday uh that actually began yesterday and runs through uh january 1st uh i have no idea You'd call him Henry Yule Rudia. <laughs> well, a very merry <laughs> Yule Rudia season to you all, Baltimoreans. Uh, I think in all likelihood we will talk to you again in the new year. And uh, who knows if um, the Orioles will still be owned by the Angelos family by then. Just going to go place my futures bet on the 2024 Baltimore Orioles World Series champions. On Superbook Sports, (laughs) superbooksports.com slash Baltimoreans. No, that's not a real thing. Okay. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Baltimoreans. Baltimoreans.